Welcome to Burn the Ship. How are you doing today, Russ? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain at all. And to everyone listening today, we have Mr. Russ Hall, don't call me Ross, uh, (laughs) (laughs) with the Action Coach. So again, thank you so much. We truly appreciate you coming on today. Nobody ever got confused with my name until the show Friends. Oh, okay. 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 I can see that because when I was looking at that, I said, why would they call him Ross? I mean, his name is Russ. It's a you. But uh, anyway, we're so glad that you took the time out to spend with us today. Uh, This is a podcast where we try to help entrepreneurs to get educated, motivated, and also to solve a problem. So today we would like you to share a little bit about yourself and the successes that you've had and Mm -hmm. maybe help that entrepreneur to take that next step. So Mm -hmm. um, if you can, tell me a little bit about the smallest city in the smallest state. How'd that come about? Now, the smallest city in the smallest state is Central Falls, Rhode Island. Okay. One square mile. Okay. And when I grew up there, there were a little over 25,000 inhabitants. Mm -hmm. Pretty urban. Not what people think about with Rhode Island. Um, It was, you've heard the term gerrymander. Yes. It was a gerrymander in the late 1800s, created some seats in the state state house, that kind of thing. And um, it was basically urban. It was um, where factory workers came to live, and there were factories there too. And then over time, the factories uh, moved south. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so it just basically became, I don't want to call it a commuter city, but there wasn't a lot going on in the city. People left the city to do whatever they are going to do. Okay, okay. And in my case... Uh, I started plotting my escape at 12. At 12. And at 18, I was gone. Okay, okay. So what did you decide to do? It was military, correct? Yeah. um, Needed a way to get through college. And the only way I could think of was uh, military. So I applied for, long story there, but eventually I ended up uh, in the NROTC program at Villanova University. Okay. Uh, so the Navy paid for three years of college, and I paid back for that with uh, seven years active duty. I uh, got my wings, flew anti-submarine helicopters, and chased Soviet submarines and rescued people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. Now, you know, I always try to find some good stories. Uh, now, you, I'm sure you do if you were chasing submarines and, and helping people. Can you share with us one of the great stories that you have about your military experience? Uh, let's see. Best story about military experience. I, I, I'm not going to go into the actual flying the helicopter stuff mm-hmm. because at that time uh, it was post-Vietnam and did two cruises to the Mediterranean. Um, best story. Uh, back in the late 70s, Israel and Egypt signed a peace treaty. We were the first American ship into Egypt in a couple of decades. The Soviets had been their primary sponsors, that kind of thing. Okay. And um, we sent, a, sent Liberty parties ashore to get to see Egypt, that kind of thing. Storm came in, broke up all the means of transportation from the ship in Alexandria Harbor mm-hmm. to the shore. I was the duty crew with the helicopter squadron, I had to stay on the ship instead of going ashore because we had a thousand sailors on the beach and the Egyptians didn't want them there overnight. Oops, they had to stay. Yes. So they really wanted us to get them off. So we're flying the helicopter back and forth. And um, 
the anti-aircraft emplacements around Alexandria were kind of following us as oh, we flew. Okay, okay, okay. Because <laughs> while they knew we were friends, they really wanted to make sure we were friends. I guess I don't know. Yeah, double checking. So and that led to an adventure of getting from the ship to the pyramids. Um, Whoa, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's awesome. See, those are the experiences that I like to share because, again, as our listeners are listening to the podcast, they want to know what's going on with you and and why should I listen to this particular gentleman. And first, you serve the country, which is awesome. And then Mm -hmm. you had an experience that a lot of us don't, which is flying a helo. So so that is an awesome experience. Memories for a lifetime. I can believe it. And absolutely helped make me a better man Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and had a big influence on the things I did in my career. Not so much to stay in the Navy, but just change the way I did things, the way I approached things. I often tell people... Being in the Navy was my leadership laboratory, my learning laboratory for leadership. Awesome. Awesome. I can understand because you guys are going through so much training all the time. It's focusing Mm -hmm. on helping you to have a process whenever it is needed. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you had to do that particular mission with getting those soldiers off of the beach, that's what all that training was for. And I'm I can see now after knowing you for a while how that has carried over into your business. So with seven years of service, um, what did you do after that? Got tired of going on vacation with 5,000 of my closest friends for nine months at a time. Right. And I was going to get married. And okay. my wife-to-be would support me in any decision I made, but wouldn't it really be great if you get out of the Navy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can understand that little <laughs> so, bit of nudge. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting out of the Navy. It was during a recession. And um, the only people doing hiring were people in things like medical sales or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up in that one square mile, pretty introverted, uh, which doesn't mean you don't talk with people, but you'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Um, but had to support the family. I thought, you know, it would be really good to learn the skill of selling because <laughs> I'm sure it can be useful down the road and at least something to do while I figure out what I really want to do with my career. Right. 21 years later, oh, <laughs> after man. after multiple positions in leadership in that company, mm-hmm. mostly in sales, uh, also in service, um, I retired from that company. So okay. my corporate career was unusual in it. Just with the one just company. one company that is unique, yeah. you know, because a lot of times people change those careers five, seven years. They either uh, get bored with what it is they're doing or there's some sort of outside factor that forces them to do something mm-hmm. different. That is so unique. And that is a huge difference going from more of an introverted type of life to going into sales. Uh, what would you say helped you to overcome that? Um, desire. Okay. Uh little bit of appropriate motivation around fear of what am I going to do because I'm in this. So, and I wasn't in the habit of not being successful with things that I took on. Okay. Okay. Um, and you, you learn things when you stretch yourself that you didn't expect to learn. That is true. That is true. So. I, I share that all the time uh, with my son where he is trying to get into athletics and he didn't understand the importance of stretching. I said, you have to make sure to stretch those muscles so you can use them to the best of their ability. And that seems like that's what happened to you. You stretched yourself Mm -hmm. and that helped you to become your best you. So you were seven years in the military. Sounds like 21 years and one career, which is awesome. And that is what has led you to what you're doing now. So what is it that made you choose to be a business coach? Well, a couple of things. Um, 
During the 21 years, I called, you know, called the military my leadership learning lab. That was my management learning lab. Okay. Um, at the end of the 21 years, uh, I took a retirement package with you know full benefits, still get a check every month, that okay. kind of thing. Nice. And um, I got a parachute that lasted a year to figure out what I wanted to do next. And when I did, when I got some coaching <laughs> around that, uh, I'd, I'd gotten, I'd been in an executive coaching program last couple of years in that organization. Um, so I saw a little bit about what it was like to be coached. Uh, then when I did my separation retirement and got the coaching about what to do next, one of the things that they have you do is draw a timeline of the significant events in your life and the common threads that bind them together. Well, I started coaching sports, swimming and athletics and that kind of thing. When I was in high school, all the way through college, when I was flying in the Navy, I had a crew and you do lots of things. But one of the things you do is you coach your crew to success in the mission. And then in corporate life, you do lots of things too. But the common thread there was coaching my teams. And when I go out to see my clients um, or the clients of the people that I, I had working for me, uh, we would never talk about, because it was in laboratory, laboratory diagnostic sales, I would never talk with the customer about the products that we sold. They would want to talk with me about operations issues and management and leadership issues. And I was pretty good at talking with them about that. Um, that's when I put all that together, it made me realize, yeah. That may be a good I'm a fit coach. for it. I'm a coach by nature. Awesome. Awesome. So about the time I figured out coach by nature, the universe responded and I discovered Action Coach. It's, ama it's amazing how that works all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we never know what is out there for us or what that plan is. But, you know, the universe does show because timing always puts us in that right spot. It's uh, about gaining clarity. Mm -hmm. When you are crystal clear about something that you want to do, the ways to do it show up. Right. The resources right. to do it, the people to do it. When you're not crystal clear, which is how most of us spend most of our days, then you can get through and you can get things done, but it doesn't work as well or as easily. I shouldn't say easily, as simply. Simply. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. And as we're putting these together, like I mentioned, we want these entrepreneurs to be able to take a look at it and, you know, get educated on how or get motivated on how. And I can just tell from your experiences in your current profession, you look at, you know, the military. Again, you led missions, so mm -hmm. you, you know how to lead. You're with one company for 20 plus years. That is an amazing feat because that means you had to abide by whatever standards they set for you for that particular time. So that shows the discipline. And as you are trying to help it's uh, younger businesses or older businesses do what they do. You can share that experience. And mm -hmm. talking about those businesses, what do those target businesses look like for you that you are trying to help? Well, I'm part of a global franchise organization that's been in place for what three plus decades now. Mm -hmm. um, so the process has all been demonstrated to work. Uh, there's people that are just getting into business and there's something that they know how to do or that they want to do. And that's great. There's a lot of things involved with having your own business that people don't know or don't have skills around. And those are the things that they either learn through painful experience 
money that they put in that didn't work out. Everybody's got stories like that. Uh, but those are the areas we coach to for people that are just getting started smaller or newer. Um, the real target usually, though, is when people have been in business around three, four years. They've got some experience. They've had some tough lessons. They've done everything they can to find answers. They've talked to everyone they can think of who are friends or whatever. They've listened to podcasts, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's still things that aren't working the way they would like them to work. Um, that's when the sweet spot opens up. Okay. That time frame. Okay. Although I've got clients uh, that have been in business for decades. Okay. Um, usually, when people are just working for themselves, owning a job rather than a business, um, they've got total control over things, and then things start to go well enough for them that they start to hire people, and you can just do that kind of seat of the pants, if you will, to use an old aviation phrase. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point, and it's somewhere between starts at maybe five employees or direct reports, however you want to define it, starts at five, somewhere between five and 15, someone who owns a job that's really becoming successful and is starting to grow um, runs out of management skills, if you will, right. management knowledge, and they don't have the management processes in place because everything's been seat of the pants. Mm -hmm. And by the time they get there, they are doing tree surgery every day, and they've totally lost sight of the forest. Okay. That makes Coaching sense. is about helping them to get sight of the forest again so they can recover their vision and the reason why they started that business. Um, and I've coached a lot of people in that situation. But it is also helping them be better at tree surgery mm -hmm. and figuring out which trees to cut. Makes tons of sense. I have a specific business solution that we offer here. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that a lot of business owners are great at what they do. If they're an electrician, they are great at that trade. If they're a salesperson, they are great at selling whatever product it is. But it's those additional business things that they don't necessarily know. Is that what you're taking your experience and bringing to them? That's the value that you're bringing to them? That's the action coach system plus my experience. Okay, okay. Uh, it's one thing to just talk about my experiences. Then it's all about me and what I've personally done. Uh, there's a lot more to being successful in business than what Russ Hall has done. Yeah. Um, that's the value of the system that, I, that I'm part of. Okay. Because it's processes that have been proven tens of thousands of times over 30 plus years around the world. And the interesting part is the things that we do on the other side of the world with people that don't speak English are the same things we do here. Okay. It's the same issues for people that own businesses and that they're at that stage of their growth. Okay. Once they get beyond the 15 employees and get pretty good at managing what they've put together and some processes for that, the next leap for them is to stop being involved with everything Okay. and to start finding people who will start to run their business for them, not just the employees, but supervisors, managers, whatever you want to call it, so that they can step back and really focus on growing their business. That's where it's still management skills processes, but now leadership skills and processes really start to kick in. Okay. okay. And helping, helping business owners get good at working with talented people who can lead and manage themselves, that's the next hurdle. It's another mindset change. Mm 
mm-hmm. another another content context change. Um, that usually hits somewhere between about 15 and 25 employees. I call it the digits rule. Okay. You know, I have 10 fingers and 10 toes. When I get to more than 20 people that I'm trying to work with, I may have great systems, processes, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But when I get to more fingers, more employees, and I've got fingers and toes, I better get better at building structure. Makes sense. Makes sense. You are helping those business owners work on the business instead of working in the business. The way that you said um, they own a job, that was the first time that I ever heard that, but it makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a a landscaper who is on his zero turn and he is trying to cut all the lawns and maybe answer a call in between, he can't go as far because he's in the business. He's owning that job. What you're doing is helping them to step back a little bit and take a look at the 30,000-foot view instead of the three-foot view. Well, if, you know, you've heard the phrase before, there's, you know, there's no I in team. Mm-hmm. There is an I in win. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing you have to do when you get started in a business. You have to win at it so you've got some money and some success coming in. But you can only go so far when it's I. Mm-hmm. Then it starts to become more and more about, the processes you build and the people you find to run those processes for you. It's it's really important to understand, too, people who are going to be successful as entrepreneurs or business owners, they are very rare birds compared to the general population. Most people don't want to take that leap, don't want to take that risk. They'll work just like they own a business for someone else. They'll work hard, they'll work long hours, but they don't want to do it themselves. Successful business owners, successful entrepreneurs, and there is a difference but a lot of there's a lot of commonality between entrepreneurs and business owners. Uh, they have to be willing to take the risk of taking the leap and figuring out how to create something that was never there before, their right. business, mm-hmm. and then grow it. Okay. Because if right. they don't grow it, if they don't bring other people in, then they always own the job, no matter how many people they've got working for them. And that's when you start to get people who look really successful from the outside but spend all their time in their business, and maybe their family isn't too happy with that. Yeah. Or the family got used to it being like that, but it's not a good family situation or friend situation or health situation. Yeah, it makes because they're going to put in all those hours and something is going to go lacking. You know, like I said, the friendships, the family, because you're trying to stay focused on building the business so much, mm-hmm. you get lost in that your 18-hour days. Well, what we talk about with people is, You have the owner of a business, you have the entity, the business, you have customers, and you have team. And with the way it happens for a lot of business owners, they focus on the entity, the business, their business itself. And it's somewhat successful, brings in customers. That's when they start hiring people. And the purpose of the people they hire is to support them as the business owner. That only works so far. When I work with people at just about any level, if they're in that kind of situation, what we do is start talking about systems and processes, take the business owner out of the center of their business and replace the owner with systems and processes and change their focus from how do I make the business grow to how do I make this a place where a great team can operate? Then the team finds the customers, brings the customers on board and delivers to the customers makes the customers fans of the business 
Okay. The business then supports the owner instead of the owner supporting the business, which is what most small businesses are, the owner supporting the business instead of the business supporting the owner. Awesome. Hey, to everyone listening, please take note of these wonderful words of wisdom. You know, I've been in business for a long time now, and some of these things that you're sharing now, I have seen them, but I guess I haven't put them together like that. Mm -hmm. So we truly appreciate you sharing that value that you bring. And part of the reason why we have you here is also to try to help you. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about those referral partners that you have that help to bring these target clients to yourself? What does that look like for you? Well, of course, the best referral partners are my clients because they've experienced coaching. Got to be honest about this. Most people, if they haven't thought about coaching before, if they haven't looked into it, and someone says to them, you ought to talk to a coach, they have the reaction of being told they ought to go to the Betty Ford Clinic. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, they have right. a, a massive problem. And coaches can help with massive problems, but it's not ideal. Hmm. What we like doing best is finding people who are doing okay or doing well but want to do better and know that by bringing in a resource like us, they're going to do a lot better, a lot faster than if they're on their own. Okay. I talked about in my corporate career having an executive coach the last few years that I was there. I've had a coach ever since. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't be doing as well as I do without a coach. Makes tons of sense. I've been so, an athlete forever. So, yeah. you know, without my coaches, seeing everything else that can help to improve, I guess a lot of business owners don't think about that in their business because it's their idea. You know, it's my business. How are you going to tell me how to do my business? You better? need that to start a business and be successful in it. Mm -hmm. But when you when you recognize that the business is more important than you because without the business being successful, you're not successful. None of your employees are successful. Their loved ones aren't successful. You're, that's when you start to understand the business has to be a different thing than you per se. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, when you go into business with that outlook, when you have an endpoint of this is when my business is gonna be a successful standalone entity, that operates well without me, then somebody's willing to buy it okay. and give you a nice return on investment, a nice chunk of money, or you have something that gives you mailbox money. You can do other things, and that money keeps coming in every month. Okay, okay. Very few businesses get there, but when they do, owners get really happy. I can only imagine because then you can go and do some of the other things, some of your other passions that you may have or some other entrepreneurial things that you want to do, but you know this stream of revenue is coming in mm -hmm. because you put in the work to do that. Um, that is awesome. Now, with your time frame on your clients, uh, do you stay with them for six months, a year, or is this a forever thing? How, how, how does is, that time That is unload? a great question. Um, you may have gotten the idea from some of the things I've said earlier. Right. Uh, when most people decide to have a coach, the easiest way to describe it is there's blood on the floor, and that blood is red ink. Something has gone wrong that they haven't been able to fix. Um, or they did fix it, and it scared the bejesus out of them. And they realize, boy, I need somebody. It's like when you go to the dentist because you've got really bad pain in your teeth. Um, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be painful, but it'll get you fixed. So most people come to a, a business coach. 
when they have particular issues that have shown up that they know they need help with. I call those folks transactional clients, transactional coaching. Hi, Russ, I have some problems. I need those problems solved. Help me solve those problems. Usually an engagement like that can go as short as six months, maybe as long as 18 months or so. But the owner at that point has had some problems. We've solved the problems. Great. Thank you, Russ. You know, I I had a client a couple of years ago, and um, they came, they they were brought to me by, you asked about referral partners, they were brought to me by a business broker Mm -hmm. because they wanted to sell their business because it just wasn't working the way they wanted it to. Um, And the business broker was very candid with them and said, look, the way things are going, you look really good from the outside. And they were doing $6 million a year in revenue. Okay. Um, But they couldn't sell the business because everything depended on them all the time. They had over 50 employees. Um, after a couple of years, they're up to nine or 10 million. They had more structure. They had fewer employees, um, and they got approached by someone who wanted to buy their business. They didn't have to go through a broker. Mm-hmm. They didn't sell the business. They started doing other businesses. But that's what happened through the two years of the coaching. I helped them change the way they thought about leading their business. Okay. Now that's a case of a pretty large business compared to most business owners. Most business owners don't have 50 employees to start with or 50 plus. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that higher level focus that I talked about where leadership really matters and structure. Right. Um, For those folks that come that are you know, in the 5 to 15 range, realize they need something or whatever, we start off with transactional coaching. And all those strategies and processes that Action Coach has figured out, that's where that really shows up. Okay. Because you're not blazing a trail by yourself. You're going down a path that's proven to work. But hopefully, during those transactions or that transactional coaching solving those problems, the owner realizes, hey, I could have a lot more a lot more if I start to change the way I think, okay. the way I act. And that's when it stops being transactional coaching and becomes transformational coaching for the owner in the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm working with someone now who started off with, I think she had about 10 employees when we got started, didn't have the best crew of people on board, but didn't really know how to manage them appropriately or whatever. Um, it's probably about three years ago now. Uh, some of those people aren't there anymore. She's got twice as many employees, well over twice as much business. And getting to the point where she can sell her business and retire is in sight in the next couple of years. Okay, okay. So that's going from transactional coaching to transformational because she is now going, it's, you know, it's growth. So growth isn't always pleasant, but it's important um, she is growing from just someone who was very, very good technically mm-hmm. at what her business does. And you notice I'm keeping this fairly anonymous. I get it. Because that's another it. part of coaching. That's part of it, right. Um, right. She was very good technically. She assembled gr- very good technicians, and they were very good at doing the work of the business, but all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah struggle. Now she's getting good at the people side of things, which she really rather would not have done. Right. But she's got to do it to, so she can get enough new business into the into her 
entity mm-hmm. so you can, she can then hire people to run it for her. Okay. Makes sense. And then really focus on more growth so that when it's time to sell that business, the value of it has been optimized because she isn't part of the business anymore. She's got something that in a very boring way reliably produces profit and reliably grows. Anybody could buy that if they wanted to. And people with money looking for investments that are better than the stock market, they look for businesses like that. Okay. So it makes sense where you can help anywhere from a shorter period of time, or this is one where you can build a relationship with a business owner for the entirety of the business till they sell it, it we sounds like. We track these kinds of things in my organization. Um, when I first got started, my average client stayed on board for just under a year. Average client. Now my average client is with me for just under four years. Four years. Okay. Okay. So that means I've got some that have been with me a lot longer, some mm-hmm. that are new and just getting started. But um, I'm really helping people. This is why I do this. I am helping people change their businesses and change their lives. Okay. The real juice for me as a business coach, the real satisfaction, I mean, I get paid, of course. Um, And if I don't find the money with business growth or something like that, I don't stay coaching with people for long. Yes. But um, the real juice for me is seeing someone change the way they run their business and that make the business successful and then there's significant other, their kids, I've had this happen, come to me and thank me for changing that business owner. Okay. For helping that business owner be better, not just at the business, but that success in the business now frees them up to do all the other things that they got into business for in the first place with having a better life better experiences, better places to live. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's huge, yeah, Juice. There. I did not get that when I was calling on people that managed clinical laboratories and hospitals. <laughs> okay. Might have been true, but it just yeah. didn't show up that way. It wasn't way. the same way. They didn't, you weren't able to see a son or daughter go through whatever change because their parent was able to go through that change. You know, that's a bigger thing. I've got another client that I've been working with now for probably at least five years. And when I first met with him, he said, and I won't go through all the stories of how we fi- I finally got in front of him, but it took about six months and um, of just me doing something else that kept me in contact with him. And he said, Russ, the reason I'm talking with you is because I fired myself last week. Okay. I just didn't show up for work. Okay. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> and he had about nine, ten people working for him. Okay. Um, and he said, I finally decided I, I need someone to help me figure this part of it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was when he had nine or ten employees. His revenues have gone up probably by a factor of four or five. Okay. Um, he's got about a little over three dozen employees now. He's got a couple of different business ventures going. And um, he had not had a vacation in five years when we first met. And he had a new wife and two young kids. And he was really concerned about the fact that he was not being in their lives. Well, now, um, I joke about this with him. I have trouble finding time to coach with him because he's away so much on vacation with the family. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And his wife is very clear 
you will coach with Russ. Yes. <laughs> From this point forward till we finish this particular venture. Yeah. So that's excellent to hear how you're helping those individual business owners. Um, it's good to hear where they come from because, you know, we want to try to connect you with as many of uh, those business brokers or other referral partners that we can. One of the things I do want you to touch on, there are going to be new business coaches that are listening to this podcast. What sort of motivational statement can you give to them to get started, not the business owner, but an actual business coach that's getting started in the process. What what words of wisdom can you share to them? Well, it's important to understand every coach has their own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, all of us get to it through different paths. Uh, sometimes I refer to this is true for business owners too. Um, you know, some of us are running a hundred yard sprint, and some of us are running an Ironman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter. It, it's good to know what other coaches have done and how other coaches are doing it, but you have to find your own path. Um, depending on how you got to, to the gig of being a coach, um, you may have to leave behind everything you think you know. And it's not that the knowledge is invaluable, but it was in a different context till you got to being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, I came with a set of experiences, all sorts of knowledge. Um, what I lacked caused me to be really good at being a transactional coach. What I desired was to be a transformational coach. Before I could be a, become a, a rock-solid transformational coach, I had to transform. Okay. Transformation is growth. Transformation is painful. For adults, usually transformation means letting go of things so you can create the space for new things. Okay. Um, one of the things I did was get a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology uh, that process of doing that changed me. Now, I wouldn't tell everyone they have to go get a master's degree, but it worked for me, and that caused me to become much more successful with clients, particularly those larger clients we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the advice I have for someone who wants to get into this. Um, you need to have a coach yourself. Right. Always. Okay. Now, you know... Maybe you'd want to have Tony Robbins as your coach, mm-hmm. and you can, but he's you know at a different price point than other folks. Right. But find somebody to be your coach. Okay. Okay. So be open to change. You know, mm-hmm. understand that you ha- you're going to have to transform yourself if you're going to be able to help others. So that's a, a nice tidbit to understand. Your, your job as a coach is to help your clients grow. If you aren't growing. Your clients will outgrow you, and they will stop being your clients. Okay. That's the other part of transactional to transformational. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, you know, because you're helping them to change, but if you're not willing to change yourself, then they're going to pass you by off of the things that you taught them. The other thing, um, depending on where you come into coaching from, uh, if people come into coaching from something like psychology – 
and where they're doing therapy or something like that, or if they come into it from corporate executive coaching, uh, those, those worlds think of coaching as being something you do for 90 days or 180 days for a specific thing, and then it's over with. Mm-hmm. And if you have a long relationship with the client, then there's something wrong with that. Right. Um, certainly in the world of small business, um, you will develop a relationship with your clients that starts to become one of trusted advisor. Some folks will even stop calling themselves a coach in those circumstances and call themselves a trusted advisor, not a coach. And it's more for them as the coach than it is for the client because the client doesn't care. The client just cares what you do for them and how you help them. They don't care what you call yourself. Right, right. Um, But understanding that you're doing your best work when you develop a relationship with someone is really important. Um, It isn't just what you know that makes you a great coach. It's how you live what you know and how you connect with your client and deliver with your client. Yeah, definitely understandable because, you know, relationships are what help to build this business. And uh, without that, we could just be another transactional, you know, business solution. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing we try to do is separate ourselves is by building these types of relationships. And at Burn the Ship, we truly appreciate you coming by today. And one of the things we always do for all of our guests is we give them the last word. Now, we've gotten some interesting things on the last word. I know I'm springing it on you. I did that on purpose. But I want you to have the last word and share with the audience today whatever those thoughts are that you may have. If you can share with us, Russ Hall with Action Coaches, last words. What what do you have for us? Um, I may not express this appropriately, but... um... I've had a couple of vocations in my life. I was a naval aviator. I'm still a naval aviator. That's part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Ask my kids. Um, we're both adults now. Um, I've had vocations. I've had a vocation around sales and sales leadership and service leadership and corporate positions. Um, then you have your avocations, uh, things that you do that are effortless, that you're, you're in flow with. Um, somehow I found myself into coaching. The coaching is effortless. It doesn't mean that there is an energy, work, challenge, but there's no sense of I have to go to work today. I am always the coach. I am always in a place of energy. Um, I love what I do. You know, I, I did things before that I had elements of that I, I love doing coaching. And the more I love it, the better the coaching goes. And it's my advice for anyone who's either thinking of getting a coach or thinking of becoming a coach. Um, coaching is something that you live. It isn't something that you do. Yeah. And I am living coaching. I'll be living it for a long time to come. Awesome. Lo- long past when I would have done retirement from a job, even a great job. Right, right. So it sounds like passion is the key and that's what you have. Um, How can people get in contact with you, Russ? Uh, So there's the website, russhall.actioncoach.com. 
there is my email, Hall at, at actioncoach.com. And by the way, that's Russ with a U. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's my phone, 770-649-6730. Okay. Um, yeah, those are, those are the three main ways to get in contact. Awesome. Awesome. If you guys listen today, uh, want to, you know, get some more advice or, you, you know, you co- you need a coach, uh, please reach out to Russ. And again, we truly appreciate you coming by today. And uh, we look forward to continuing to build on the relationship that we've had. Mm-hmm. And if we can help you here in any way, please give us a shout. But everybody today listening on Burn the Ship, we have Mr. Russ Hall, and we truly appreciate you coming by today. Thank you, Roderick. It was great being here. Awesome. Thank you, Russ.